This podcast is made possible by our supporters over on Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and get your own RSS feed with ad-free shows and extra episodes every month, then head over to patreon.com slash Retro. and it is officially the first episode of 2023. My name is Jason Robbins. And my name is Derek Diamond. Uh, does it, it, 2023 just sounds weird, doesn't it? Yeah, it's like like 2022 had a, a like a natural ring to it. 2023 just sounds odd, but I mean, three is an odd number, so I guess that's fitting. But I don't know, I, I find that in my experiences of life the odd numbered years to me have generally been a little bit better Let's than hope. the even numbered ones <laughs> so we'll uh we'll see how it goes it's it, it how's your new year off uh so far um it's been all right i didn't get my two weeks off like i usually do every year because i have to pay for my stupid car uh so i worked through my uh, christmas vacation plus it kind of worked out since christmas and uh new years were on the weekend so I could work during the week, and uh, New Year's was, <laughs> I actually started to fall asleep about 11, so I, I pretty much slept through <laughs> the New Year, and, uh, and uh, Angelina wakes me up about 12.30 to say, Happy New Year, and went to bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't blame you. I struggled to stay awake myself. As soon as you know it hit midnight, we're like, all right, we're going to bed now. Yeah. <laughs> Happy right. New Year. Yeah, it, I don't know how much people can tell, but I am a little bit under the weather today. Um, I started to lose my voice towards the end of yesterday, so I've just been constantly taking cough drops, and I'm on like my fourth cup of tea for today just so I can hold out and do the show because I didn't want to miss the first show of the year. And was the timing of it's unfortunate because I have other episodes of the Derek Diamond Experience that I'm recording Ooh. tomorrow and Wednesday, so... Let, whatever whatever gods you believe in, pray that they be with me for the next couple of days well, as my if, voice recovers. If you feel like your voice is slipping over the course of the show, let me know and I'll take over all the, uh, <laughs> the news segments and everything. We'll, uh, we'll blame it on puberty. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Rampage in but the yeah, chat room, Rampage. Rampage. Yeah, it's. Uh, I go back to work tomorrow after being off for two weeks. And on one hand, I'm... I'm kind of ready to get back into like a normal routine because my sleeping habits have been horrible mm -hmm. the last couple of weeks where I've just been, you know, going to bed whenever and waking up whenever. So That's it'll take a little bit part. of getting used to, but I'm excited to get back. That's the best part of vacation is just kind of falling asleep whenever, waking up whenever. The other day I slept till almost nine. And I don't Ooh. think I've done that in like two years because I normally wake up at like five or six. That's about the latest I can sleep when I do sleep in. Like my body will not go past like nine o'clock trying to sleep in. I used to be able to sleep till like two in the afternoon when I was a teenager. 
See, I've never understood that. Like my body has never let me, even when I would go through phases where I would stay up to like two or three in the morning, I'd still wake up at six because my body won't let me sleep past then. That's weird. <laughs> my body does not want to get up at six. I've been getting up, getting up at six in the morning for however many years I've been a working adult now. And uh, my body still, I'm 45 years old. My body's like, what are we doing up this early, man? Why can't we just stay in bed? Like my natural time to wake up is usually about 7.15, 7.30. Like that's when my body wants to wake up. That's not terrible though. Like at 7, 7.30 is respectable. 8 to me is where you start to get into that territory of sleeping in. Yeah. Anything after that. If you sleep till like one or two in the afternoon, like the only time I've ever done that is when I've been sick. Yeah. Oh man, when I was a teenager on the weekends, I would sleep until I would sleep the entire day away. It was great. There is one exception to that. My first year of working full time with the Blue Wahoos, uh, this was before I actually moved to Pensacola. Uh, we had just finished working the first homestand of the year, and I had the next two days off. And then when I woke up, like the sun was just coming in from my window and just hitting me right in the face. And I was like, well, I guess I should get up and get some breakfast. And I looked at my clock and it was one o'clock in the afternoon. Ooh. <laughs> you know, what's great, like, especially this time of the year when it gets dark so early, do you ever take an, a, a, a nap like in the afternoon, like say around three or four and you wake up around five thirty, and it's dusk and you have no idea what day it is. You're <laughs> just like, where am I? What happened? I very rarely nap, but my wife is a napping connoisseur, and that is about the time that she naps. She normally takes a nap around 2.30 or 3, and will wake up around 5, 5.30. Yeah, and you wake up, and you're just like, what day is it? I have no idea what day it is. Like Robin Williams from Jumanji, what yeah. year is it? <laughs> what year? Oh, man, but uh, how, how was your uh, New Year's? Did y'all do anything? Did y'all celebrate, or you just kind of hang out at the house? Just hung out at the house. You know, that, that trip to Tennessee we went on took a lot out of us where we were just constantly, like it was a fun vacation, but we were just constantly doing stuff. Yeah. And we barely left the house all of last week, which was nice. So <laughs> it's been good to just kind of, just kind of recover yeah. from everything and kind of get the year off to a relaxing start. Yep. And to get the year started off right, are you ready to go into the news for this evening? Yes, sir. Tonight's stories were submitted to us by I Am The Rampage and Armez Jackson. And if you have a story you'd like us to cover, send them to nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. The first story tonight comes from comicbook.com. A new version of Xbox Game Pass could be a game changer. A new and cheaper tier of Xbox Game Pass may be coming to PC, Xbox One, Xbox Series S, and Xbox Series X users in the future. Right now, there are two tiers of Xbox Game Pass. There's the standard tier, which runs $10 a month. And then there's the premium tier, which runs at $15. For an extra $5 a month, subscribers get access to the EA Play Library, Xbox Live Gold, uh, and variety of perks and limited time offers. There's been talk about both of these versions increasing in price, and this may still happen. But a new survey suggests that uh, before this happens, a cheaper ad-filled version will release first. Uh, the tier mentioned in the survey doesn't have a name, 
but it looks like it would come with your Xbox Live Gold, like Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, but be cheaper than even the standard tier due to being supported by ads. In addition to ads, the tier would be made cheaper by tweaking the subscription service's biggest feature. Uh, the biggest appeal is the ability to play Xbox Game Pass Studios games at launch. This new tier would take this formula uh, and give subscribers access to the game, same games six months after their launch. Meanwhile, there would also be ads in these games to further subsidize the price. I, I mean, it sounds okay, uh, you, you know, for if you're just kind of jumping in. But I don't think I would want to play, uh, be playing a game and then have like an ad pop up in the middle of the while you're playing. Like, nah, I don't want to do that. It's a good. I think it's good for people to just kind of that have never done a game like a Game Pass or anything like that to kind of get their feet wet and see what it's all about, see if they want to spend the extra money. But if it was up to me, I would just go ahead and get that ten dollar tier and just don't even worry about the ads. That seems to be an increasing trend, you know, like Netflix is doing it. There yep. are, like, Peacock has an ad uh, tier that's cheaper than, like, the premium service. But to me, it's worth the extra money to not worry yeah. about the ads. Especially, like, if I'm playing a game and I see an ad pop up, I'm going to get, I'm going to be livid Yeah. if that happens. <laughs> like, for, for movies or TV shows, like, I can understand it because it's almost like a commercial break. Yeah. But I don't want ads on my video games when I'm if, playing them. So I, I get the tier being there if you, if I guess if you're more of a casual user of it and you don't want to spend as much money, but to me, the extra money is worth it to not worry about the ads. Yeah. And I, I if it gave you uh, an option to like watch this, these two minutes of ads and you get to play the rest of your session for, you know, with no ads, I'd be okay with that. Hulu used to do stuff like that, but then I got the ad-free tier of Hulu, which I love so much better than having to watch ads. But I always appreciated that when Hulu used to do that. It'd be like, watch two minutes of ads, and you get to watch the whole whole TV show ad-free. Like, that that makes sense to me. But, man, I, this sounds weird, like playing a game, and then all of a sudden an ad will pop up. Like, I don't like that. Maybe they'll come out with a service like you just mentioned with Hulu, where you get to watch a couple of minutes of ads. Yeah. I would prefer that, but we'll see. And I, I don't own an Xbox, but if I were, or if I did, I, I'd totally stick with the ad-free one. Yeah, same here. And there's, it's not a particularly tough choice to make. Yeah. From escapistmagazine.com, I'm actually really excited about this. Sports Story has shadow launched on Nintendo Switch. Uh, this article was released on December 23rd, so uh, at that time it was the final day of the Inside the House of Indies holiday event on Nintendo's YouTube channel, uh, which cast a spotlight on several upcoming and newly launched indie games for Nintendo Switch. The event culminated with a surprise announcement that Sidebar Games' Sports Story is out now on the Switch for $14.99. The last Nintendo Indie World showcase had announced that Sports Story would come out on Switch sometime in December, and now here it is. Uh, we talked about this a few weeks ago on the show, mm -hmm. actually. Uh, this was revealed in December 2019 as a more fully featured follow-up to the well-received Switch-exclusive Golf Story. This new game contains eight more unique golf courses, a tennis world tour, and the ability to start a soccer team. From there, gameplay will branch out to unlock 
or include unlockable BMX, mini golf, cricket, volleyball, fishing, and other activities. There's also exploration in between all the sports, including taking a train, helicopter, or houseboat to check out dungeons, ruins, and the mysterious wildlands. So we talked about this a few weeks ago, and the concept of it, sports meets RPG, is crazy. Like, I would have never put these two genres together. But it's one of those things that it's crazy enough to where I would think it would work. Yeah. So I'm probably going to pick this up in the next couple of weeks and, and give this a go because it's very intriguing to me. And I think $15 is is fair. Yeah, that's not bad. And, and if you do, let me know because I heard so much good stuff about Golf Story that this this is interesting to me. Like, I'm not that into golf, but if you give me BMX mini golf, you know, stuff like that, then I'm interested because as you're reading this and you see BMX, the first thing that pops in my head is uh, Excite Bike. And I'm like, mm-hmm. man, why doesn't Nintendo put out a new version of Excite Bike where you can, you know, you can make your own tracks, you can like tweak your bikes, make your own, uh, you know, rider character or whatever. Like that would be a really cool thing to bring back for Nintendo. I think so too. And there's enough variety where I don't think the game would get old really quickly. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm very interested in checking this out. Yeah. I mean the most fun you could have on Excite Bike was the 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 track creator. One of the very mm-hmm. first like creator things like that on a game that I can remember where you could go in and make your own tracks and everything. Like I don't remember being able to do that on anything else at the time. No, I don't think so either. That would be fun. I would play a new mm-hmm. Excite bike. Um, this other story is from NintendoLife.com, one of our favorite sites. Kong Fury Street Rage Cabinet hits Arcade Paradise in January. We- Wired Productions, almost said weird, <laughs> Wired Productions <laughs> has announced that Arcade Paradise will be getting Kung Fury Street Rage DLC on January 12th at a very reasonable price of $2.99. The game itself is already available on Steam and was announced to be coming to the Switch earlier this year as an Ultimate Edition, but its DLC arrival on Arcade Paradise marks the first fully licensed and playable game uh, to come to the game enjoying over 35 existing original titles already available. Um, let's see, here is some information. It's 1985 and the violence is raging in the streets of Miami. It's going to take the toughest martial arts cop and three hardest nails enforcers from across space and time to clean them up. Choose your fighter, pick from four characters, uh, fight waves of enemies, uh, go back to the 80s, authentic retro arcade gameplay and VHS aesthetics with a synth soundtrack to beat down, uh, to provide... Provided by Swedish Electro Sensations, Mitch Murder and Joel Erickson. I want to play this because I love Kung Fury and the sequel so much. They did put out the sequel not too long ago, didn't they? I thought so. It's not. I, I don't remember. think it's as memorable as the original. But man, that original Kung Fury movie is just so batshit crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it is. Yeah, this looks really cool. I, I love the graphics. It, it looks like a, a beefed-up Super Nintendo or Sega Genesis game. I, I yeah. like the color palette. Um, It's very eye-catching. And, you know, it, it seems like the, the beat-em-up genre, we keep bringing it up every yeah. couple of weeks on the show, it seems to be making a comeback still. 
Definitely looks like something that would have either been on the Genesis or maybe uh, on the old Amiga computers or something back in the day. Like, it's got that sort of look to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, the characters look cool. I love the environment. And who wouldn't want to listen to a soundtrack by someone named Mitch Murder? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, if you and if you if you're listening to this and you've never seen Kung Fury, do yourself a favor. I think it's available on YouTube, pretty or pretty, might be on Amazon Prime as well. Uh, just go look up Kung Fury and go watch it. It's available somewhere, and you will not regret it. I promise you. Uh, let me look that up real quick. Yeah, yeah it, wherever it is, definitely check it out because you're in for a, a ride. <laughs> it is. Let's see. It's Kung insane. Um. Well, darn! You have to. You have to buy it. Oh, really? How yeah, much is it? According to just watch. Uh, let's see. On Apple TV, it's one ninety nine. Oh. <laughs> The, this can't be right. On Amazon, it says you can buy it for nineteen ninety nine. Mm, is that for the DVD or Blu-ray? Because why can't uh, you just rent it? Because I know it was see. on Amazon Prime for a little while, if I'm not mistaken. Because I think yep. I watched it on YouTube. Originally. Prime Video buy for buy an HD for nineteen ninety nine. Huh. Well, that's even still, really weird. If you have Apple TV, dollar ninety nine, go watch it. Yep. Yeah, it's worth that. And let's see, our last story also comes to us from NintendoLife.com. Final Fantasy 1-6 to have been rated for Nintendo Switch by the ESRB. Here's a lovely bit of news to kickstart your week. The first six Final Fantasy games have been rated for the Nintendo Switch. While nothing has been officially announced at this time of writing, this is presumably the Final Fantasy Pixel Remaster set, which originally released on mobile devices back in 2021 before making its way to PC. Fans have since been clamoring for a console release, and now it looks like Square Enix might be about to answer our prayers. As spotted on Reddit, the ESRB has rated all six Final Fantasy games separately for Windows PC, PS4, and Nintendo Switch. As pointed out, well-known Twitter account Wario64 posted a similar ESRB rating earlier in 2022 for the PC release while PS4 and Switch were absent from the list of platforms. Those have since been added. So if this is legitimate, I mean, the Final Fantasy games, they're part of that large set of games where I'm like, why is it not already on the Switch? Yeah, yeah. This would just make sense because you got all those pixel, you got the pixel remastered done. The Switch is the most perfect spot to put it. And this just makes sense. 100% sense. And I started to play, I think it's Final Fantasy 4 that was on the Super Nintendo. Because I think, wasn't it one? No. Was it, or was it Final Fantasy? Whichever one it was. Uh, the on one, the Classic? Uh, no, it, well, it might be on the Super Nintendo Classic, but I never had a Super Nintendo Classic. I just have a a, a ROM of okay. it. Uh, whichever the first one was for the Super Nintendo, started playing it for a bit, and it's really good. I kind of got stuck in one part, and, and I was like, well, I'm just going to come back to it, and kind of never did. So, But if this comes out on the Switch, this is the place where I want to play it, is on the Switch. So that happens, might actually go ahead and pick it up. Yeah, I'll do the same because I I played a little bit 
of Final Fantasy 3 because I, I reviewed it a while back on the show because that's the one I believe that's on the Super Nintendo Classic, but I never finished it. So this will give me the chance to do it. I've never played really any of the other ones. So I think this makes all the sense in the world. Yeah. Uh, Rampage is right. He's in the chat room and says uh, uh, that uh, Kung Fury is still on YouTube, and it is. I just looked okay. it up, and uh, it's the first thing that comes up. Just put Kung Fury in the, the, the search bar, and it's the first thing that pops up. 31 okay. minutes and three seconds of your life you will not regret. Just strap yourselves in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, that brings us to the end of, um, what did Rampage say? Final Fantasy 19 through 17, episode 3, part 1, chapter 2. I agree. <laughs> uh, but, uh, ooh, I'm about to sneeze. Um, before I do that, let's go and move into this month in video game history. January of 1985, Commodore releases their final 8-bit computer, the Commodore 128. Never had this. I had a Commodore 64. Never had the Commodore 128. Yeah, it was um yeah, it was released in 85 and then discontinued just 4 years later. It looks very plain. Like it doesn't really have a a pleasing aesthetic to it. Nope, just looks like you're it's about as basic as you can yeah, get. Yeah, it's like really. your standard 1980s office computer. Yep, exactly. Never got into Commodore uh, games since, you know, I've been a, a retro gamer, but one day I'll have to rectify that. Yeah, I might have to uh, search for a Commodore 64 Mini and see if I can find one somewhere. Yeah. January 2nd, 1988, Electronic Arts releases Wasteland. Ooh, what is Wasteland? I don't remember Wasteland. It's got really re- cool cover art, though. I can tell yeah, you that. Yeah, I, I remember us talking about the cover art. It looks like a movie poster. Yeah. I love that. Game is set in a futuristic, post-apocalyptic America destroyed by a nuclear holocaust generations before. Now they're speaking my language. I Can I play this now? This is totally up my alley. It was remastered for the Xbox One in February of 2020, Ooh. which I did not know that. I might have to find, have to play that soon. I'm 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 gonna get my hands on an Xbox Series X here here soon, and I might have to play that. Yeah, I think at some point this year I'm gonna pull the trigger and get one of those myself. I should have got the holiday bundle, but mm, I missed it. Uh, see, January of 1991, the first two THQ releases came out in stores: Fox's Peter Pan and the Pirates: The Revenge of Captain Hook, and Bo Jackson two games in one. Man, who rem- now, who who remembers Bo Jackson? I had a Bo Jackson poster <laughs> on my wall around this time. Still one of the best athletes of all time. I I don't know nothing about this game, but I bet you it's it incorporates both football and baseball. It's kind of a shame you never hear about Bo Jackson anymore. Mm-mm. You know, people always talk about like Michael Jordan and stuff, but Bo Jackson was like, man, yeah, rampage. Bo knows that was the whole yeah. campaign behind him. Bo knows this. Bo knows that. I mean. Michael Jordan tried his hand at baseball and wasn't that great yeah. at it. Bo and, Jackson was good at both football yeah, and baseball. Yeah. He would like, you know, pl- like scoring touchdowns all over the place and then he'd go play baseball and just smash balls out of the uh, out of the stadiums. It was crazy. Yeah. Yeah, but it, the crazy thing about this story is I I guess I thought THQ was older 
I didn't know that they just first came out in 91. I thought they were older, too. I don't know. Uh, I would have guessed like 87 or yeah, 88. Because they seem no, like it was that, in the 90s. They seem like one of those legacy companies, you know, that's been around forever. Mm hmm. January 11th of 1992, Hudson Soft releases Super Adventure Island for the Super Nintendo in Japan. I remember hearing about this game growing up because it came out in the in the States a few months after that. I remember reading about it in um in the magazines, mm -hmm. but never played it. I don't think I ever played Super Adventure Island. I think I might have. I might have rented it back in the day. I might have to rectify that and get a copy of it to play because I did like the original uh, Adventure Island for NES. I mean, it's a little dated at this point. Like, it's not as fun as you remember it being, but it's still a pretty fun... It's it's a serviceable... Uh, it's a side-scroller, but it, it's more of a rolling side-scroller because he's on a skateboard. So it's it's interesting gameplay. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, second to last, we got January 24th of 2000. Hudson Soft releases Mario Party 2 for the N64 in North America. I didn't know Hudson Soft did the Mario Party games. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah, it's... I I didn't get as into the Mario Party games as, like, friends of mine, but I remember 2 being the one that I think people really got into. Mm -hmm. Like, the first one was popular, but the second one is really when the popularity took off. I have a I remember playing it... I have oh, never played a Mario Party game. Really? Ever. <laughs> yeah, they're they're pretty fun. Um I I dabbled into them a little bit on the N64, but I, like I said, I didn't really get into them all that much. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until the Wii came out with their virtual console when I got Mario Party 2 for it. And me and my friends, we'd spend like hours on the weekends. You know, if we weren't playing Halo or something like that, we would break out the Wii and play Mario Party. Mm -hmm. But they're they're pretty fun. I mean, I'm sure they are. I just never had a chance to play one. Let's see. Our last one, January 14th of 2003. Yes, now that we're in 2023, 2003 makes the cut for gaming history. <laughs> EA releases SimCity 4 for Windows. You just said I 2003 was 20 years ago, and I think I just melted like the guy <laughs> in Indiana Jones. Oh, my God. <laughs> And next next year will be twenty years mm. since I graduated high school. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Actually, I'm coming up on thirty. <laughs> In two years, it'll be thirty years. Oh wow! I graduated. No, thirty. Is it thirty? Yeah, thirty years. Nineteen ninety-five. That's crazy. I don't like it. Yeah, I don't. I don't like it either. <laughs> but I never got into the Sim City games, and I can't believe that the fourth one is already 20 years old i know i love SimCity. I, I never really play it that much anymore i'll dabble here and there because i just love city builders and stuff like that i love the god games you know i, I love things mm -hmm. like civ and all that kind of stuff but they put out a new sim city i would definitely play it yeah i'd be willing to give it a shot too but uh next up we before we go into the review i uh, usually have derek do the the patreon shout outs but i'm gonna give your voice a rest this evening before we go into the review. And I will take on the Patreon shoutouts. And these are our lovely patrons who give us money every single month to keep this show rolling. 
And up first, we have Mr. John West. We have Daniel Salmon, Tyler Watson, Axeblade07, Armez Jackson, Carlos Logan Goria, a.k.a. I am the Rampage. Rampage. Staff Sergeant Sketch, Gus and Penny, Matthew Salmon, Joey Image, and of course, Donna, a.k.a. Mama Diamond, as our lovely patrons. And um, as usual, it's the first of the month, so... I think everybody's card went through uh, okay this month. But if you're a new patron, it is the best time to jump in. It's the beginning of the month. Um, you're going to get the, uh, whatever extra content we put out. You're going to get it early. Um, usually we do every month we ch- we do commentary tracks, but we got to get back over that $50 hump every month. We're, we're ba- almost back up to $50 a month to do our commentary tracks, which is, Derek, help me out. What all have we done? We've done Double Dragon We've done. Oh, geez. We've done uh, Transformers the movie, Super mm-hmm. Mario Brothers the movie. Um, we've done animated shows like Batman, Darkwing Duck, Chippendale Rescue Rangers, Real Ghostbusters. We've been I know done... it's been forever since we've done a Real <laughs> Ghostbusters episode. Oh, no. I love doing those. Those are my favorite ones to do. We did uh, Captain N, the Game Master back in yep. the day. We did. Uh... Um, let's Super see. Mario Brothers Super Show. Yeah, we did um, a Full House and uh, Family Matters. We did a TGIF yep. episode. So that's what we do when you guys support us every single month. And if you're a new patron, send us your social media info, uh, either on Twitter, Facebook, email, or on Patreon, so you can give you a proper social media shout out. And please go. If you can't, if you don't have the money, we understand. Here's the thing. Go give us a review. Because you know what? Next week, and I haven't forgot, this Street Fighter VHS is up for grabs. Whoever gives us a, a review or a rating and then takes a screenshot and send it to us, you're in the running to win this lovely VHS cassette tape of Street Fighter the movie. You already got a few in so far. And uh, don't for, don't forget, if, you're already, if you already have done a review before, you're automatically entered, or if you want, you can go give uh, the Derek Diamond Experience a review and a rating, and that will uh, also put you back into the running for the VHS tape, because as, as we all know, the Derek Diamond Experience is awesome, and it's back, baby, and uh, I listened to it the other day, and it's just as good as ever. I appreciate that. Everybody's been, seems to be happy that the show's back, which is, it, it makes it worth it that I brought it back. But yeah, go, go give, go give both nerd cave retro and Derek diamond experience a review because it, we've stressed it before, but the more reviews we get, the more visible we are mm-hmm. when people search for podcasts. So the reviews do matter. So it, it just takes a minute or two to do. So we'd very much appreciate it. But yeah, big thank you to our patrons already. And if you'd love to be a patron, go to patreoncom slash nerd cave retro. Are you a coffee lover? Do you sometimes need that little extra boost for some all-night gaming sessions? Well, you should head over to BeResCoffeeCo.com. They have so many different flavors of coffee, doesn't matter what type of coffee you like, they got you covered. Try the Good For Gaming Roast, or the Two Hardies One Ship, which is a rum and dark chocolate flavored roast. Not to mention, they keep their seasonal flavors all year long, like the Fall Spice or the Sweet Tooth. They can even add flavors to your coffee. So whatever you need, head over to BeResCoffeeCo.com and use the code NCR for 10% off of your order. And tonight, Derek will be talking about... (laughs) 
always kind of talk crap about the Sega Genesis sound chip. I always thought it sounded pretty cool myself. I'm so happy you picked that specific song because yeah. I have a funny story regarding <laughs> it. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I think the, the Sega sound chip was actually underrated. I mean, how, look at how much we've praised the Sonic music. You know, and the majority of the Sonic music I like came from the Genesis. Well, they're so distinct the, from each other, the Super Nintendo sound chip and the, yes. and the Genesis. Genesis sounds more rock and roll and metal, <laughs> you know, like the stuff, mm -hmm. the, like it just sounds, you know, heavier, like, you know, with the snare, like the drums sound beefier. But the Super Nintendo has, like, it's a lot more, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, like, mellow i want to say i don't want to say like pop like but lighter in tone yeah than the genesis i mean it has it definitely ha had its moments but it just definitely more uh smooth sounding than the genesis the genesis is more like just rock and roll while the super nintendo was kind of like pop you know yeah yeah no i totally agree but yeah, so this week i'll be reviewing teenage mutant ninja turtles the hyperstone heist which was uh, released in 1992. It's a side-scrolling beat-em-up game developed and published by Konami for the Sega Genesis. It was Konami's debut title for the Genesis and was re-released as part of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Cowabunga Collection in 2022. This was their de debut title? I didn't know that. For the Genesis, yes. Wow. So, interesting. So, so as a side note before I talk about the actual, my thoughts on the game... So I got the Cowabunga Collection as a Christmas gift, and I've been wanting to play it since it came out, but I just haven't gotten around to getting it yet. This was the game that I wanted to play the most, besides replaying Turtles in Time, of course, because that's one of my favorite games of all time. You actually made me laugh when I was reading the uh, the, the notes for the show. <laughs> I, I was hoping you'd catch that little reference. I'll, I'll bring that up in a second. Okay. Uh, so... The this was the first game that I played on the Cowabunga collection. And I looked at the graphics. And I'm like, okay, it looks similar to Turtles in Time, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. Mm -hmm. The music you played is from the first level, New York City. It is the exact same track that was used in Big Apple 3 AM in Turtles in Time. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, huh. What else is similar <laughs> or did they recycle? Uh -huh. I don't, I mean, I'm like, I like the song. It's arguably my favorite from the soundtrack, but I'm like, did Konami get a little lazy with this? Did they but, recycle a lot for this game? Um, not as much as you would think. Like the graphics look the same. Um, the fighting is pretty much the same. You can't do it. So in Turtles in Time, you have the ability to grab your enemies and throw them at the screen where it looks like they're flying at you in the face Yeah, because you actually have to do that the first time you fight Shredder. Well, that was because of the mode seven chip in it, the Super yes. Nintendo. Um, you don't have that ability with Hyperstone Heist. Yeah, so there is that difference. Some of the boss fights are different, um, which is good, but there are some music and level um, recycling. So like in the second part, so the way the game is divided up, the Turtles in Time had 10 levels that were all relatively short. Hyperstone Heist has five that each have different phases. So like huh. stage one is New York City, where you start in the sewer. 
and then you come out to New York City, which is essentially a rehashed um, level two from Turtles in Time. That's when I was really like, okay, what 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 did y'all were y'all doing here? Like I and I didn't know if I was gonna like the game from there on out, but it does get different, you know, as the game progresses. And there are there's a lot to like about this game, and I I almost unfairly compared it to Turtles in Time because it's so similar. Yeah. But it is fun in its own way. Like it has its own storyline. Up. Uh, so sh- basically, at the beginning of the game, Shredder uses the Hyperstone, which is something he retrieved in Dimension X to shrink the Statue of Liberty in Manhattan. So you go to fight Shredder and get the Hyperstone back so you can restore Manhattan. And throughout the game, you go through uh, five levels, which are New York City, a mysterious ghost ship, Shredder's hideout, the gauntlet, and what's called the final shell shock. The gauntlet is pretty difficult because you you have to fight all the bosses that you have faced up to that point. That's why they call it the gauntlet. <laughs> exactly. And the more the game progresses, it gets very stingy with health. Uh-huh. So it, like in Turtles in Time, you pick up boxes of pizza to replenish your health. And the final shell shock, guess how many healing pizzas there are in the in the level? Maybe one. Zero. Zero. <laughs> <laughs> and you have to fight Krang and Super Shredder back to back. This kind of sounds like the original uh, Ninja Turtles yes. for the NES. It's like the further you get in the game, it just the game does not help you at all. The difficulty increases quite a bit. So the first two levels are relatively easy. Is it, the third? The third you, is when it, it starts to ramp up, but then four and five are just kind of nuts because the cool thing is so like if say if you beat krang but you lose to super shredder it picks you back up right before the super shredder battle so you don't have to go through the whole thing if you lose to krang you have to go through the whole level again before you fight him it says this is multiplayer too i'm see i've never played this this ninja turtles game was this sort of one of those games like if there was another player who jumped in the game with you does it increase still with the amount of difficulty or would it stay like it is, but you have another person to kind of shoulder that load? That's a good question. I'm not entirely sure. I would think that the difficulty would increase a little bit because I think that happened with the arcade game mm-hmm. where if you had all four yeah. players, there would be more enemies on screen. What's cool is that that arcade game the one that I played as a kid is on the Cowabunga collection. Oh, nice. Cause I, cause I recognize the opening cutscene. cause Samantha got it for me and she looks at me. She's like, so are you really liking that game? And I said, I played this arcade game religiously as a kid. So she's <laughs> like, so you like it? Like, See, yes, I, want, I do. I, I gotta get this. Uh, I, I gotta get this Cowabunga collection. I, I don't know why I haven't bought it yet, but man, just, if I could go back in time and tell my 12 year old self, that you could play the Ninja Turtles arcade game on a handheld device, it would have blown my brain in half. Same. Yeah, because I think there's like 13 games on there between the NES games. They have the Game Boy games on there. They have Turtles in Time, Hyperstone Heist, and all the arcade games. Yeah. 
Uh, so yeah, it looks like it's it, got it's all worth the it. Game Boy games, uh, the arcade game, the of course all the NES games, the Super Nintendo games. So this is well worth the money for the Calabunga collection. Oh, one hundred percent. I'm. I will say, I think I pr- actually prefer the longer level format for this as opposed to Turtles in Time. Like I, I like the idea of going through different phases like what i was saying with new york city where you start in the sewers and then you come out into the actual city and fight through that before you get to the actual boss fight uh-huh. i think it added you know layers to each like, i wish there were more i would have added maybe like two more and it would have been perfect because the game still seems kind of short even though there are these different layers to the five levels it still felt like, you know, I was able to beat it in relatively no time at all. Like, I think I had beat it. I started playing it the day after Christmas and beat it like a day later, mm-hmm. two days later. So it's it's relatively short. And to me, there's not a huge difference with playing as, you know, either of the four turtles. Um, I primarily use Donatello. Every now and then I would switch to Michelangelo. But Donatello has always been my guy, even though he's been, you know, the slower turtle. I just uh-huh. like the long range of the bow staff. Me too. I, I never played him when I was younger, playing any of these games, especially the original NES game. I never picked Donnie, ever. Yeah. I always played, uh, you know, Leonardo or Michelangelo. But as the older I got, I realized Donatello is the only way you're going to get through that game. Because he's the strongest, he may be the slowest, but he's the strongest with his attacks. And you know, like Mike, poor Michelangelo in that first NES game, he's just cannon fodder in that game. He cannot yep. do any damage whatsoever. At Raphael's not that great either, just because the size are so short. But Raphael, the only good way to use Raphael is if you're going to be in a section with a lot of flying enemies. Because he can take out flying enemies with one hit. He's the only one that can do that. That is true. I actually, I played that NES game a couple of days ago, and I was like, ooh, Donatello's <laughs> rough in this game. It was, but once you get used to uh, playing him, it, it's great. Yeah. You just have to compensate for that, you know, half-second delay of using the, the bow staff. But, I mean, the bow staff, it, it, he's the strongest turtle in that game. He's the only way mm-hmm. to defeat the the um not uh, the oh crap what's it called the technodrome. He's the only yep. one you're going to be able to use to defeat the technodrome. None of the other turtles can defeat the technodrome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, going back to Hyperstone Heist, um, some of my favorite things about these Ninja Turtles arcade style games are the boss fights because mm-hmm. I like the villain characters. Like they've just always been interesting to me. Yeah. So in in this game you fight. Leatherhead, Rocksteady, and what surprised me, and I didn't know this until I got to the boss fight, you get to fight Tatsu, who was Shredder's right-hand man (laughs) in the original movie. And his attack, he throws these, like, like spear things at you. But other than that, he just sends foot soldiers after you. And I'm like, that's so perfect, because that's what he does in the movie. Which is cool, because he he was never in the cartoon, ever. No, he wasn't at all. Only in the movie, but they added him in this game as part of... I think Tatsu needs to be added back into the the Turtles lore. He should be canon. 
He should be. I, I would do the grunt, but it would kill my voice and the podcast would be, <laughs> it would be over. So go back and listen to last week's show because I think yeah. I did it there. Um, so yeah, that that was a nice surprise. And then you fight uh, Baxter Stockman, not the fly version like you did in Turtles in Time, but the, the human. And he's in this giant flying machine and he just drops a ton of mousers on you. Uh-huh. The cool thing is, so every, I think it's the first hundred kills you get, you get an extra life. And then from there on out, every 200 you get, uh, you get an extra life. So if you're running low on lives and you get to these boss fights, you can just keep killing foot soldiers and mousers and work your kill count up. If you have like, say one life left and you want to get, you know, another one before you get into the battle with Krang and shredder, that's a good word of advice there. And then, um, as I mentioned, you know, Krang and super shredder are the final two bosses that you have to fight. Which honestly, fighting Krang was much more difficult to me than Super Shredder was. With Shredder, you just have to be patient mm-hmm. because, like in um, Shredder's Revenge, there's just a very small window where you can actually harm him. But Krang, he flies all over the place. And the thing is, like, if he hits you, you don't really get much recovery time because he'll come right after you and just start kicking you, punching you. <laughs> so you have to be very cerebral with the final two boss fights. But I, I liked that challenge because, as I mentioned, the first couple of levels were almost too easy. And I liked that the difficulty got ramped up as the game went on. So, so how was the controls for this game? Because I, I know it's weird to take a, a Genesis game and put it to, uh, you know, Nintendo style controller. Because the Genesis always had the three button or the six button later on, but the three buttons in a row. So it's always weird to go play Genesis games like on a Switch because the buttons are completely different. It's tough to say because I didn't play this game on the Genesis, so I don't know what that was like. But I I personally had no problem with the controls, you know, because I, I, I played Turtles in Time as well, and they play pretty much exactly the same. So I personally didn't have a problem with the controls. And was this the only game that came out for the Genesis? Uh... For uh, Ninja, For Ninja Turtles, Turtles, I believe so, because uh, you had oh they had tournament fighters too, but I, I don't really necessarily count that as a as far as like a story driven game. Yeah, like like the old arcade games. Yeah, this this is the only one. Huh. Tournament fighters. I keep going back to the Cowabunga collection, but the tournament fighters games are are on that collection as well. I haven't played those yet. I don't think I've but ever I've... played them either. Mm-mm. We might have to re- dual review that. Yeah, I I definitely think you should get it because it, it's worth it mm-hmm. just to have the old school games. I'm definitely going to get it. I mean, this is my number one purchase for the year is to get the Cowabunga collection. I'm just waiting to, to finish up my Terminator game before I pick up yeah. anything else. Yeah, no, I, I can I can understand that. But uh, as far as the reception of the game goes, it uh, received mostly positive reviews uh, in game fan magazine. They said Konami brings the arcade thrill home with a beat em up blast a minute that has some of the best character animation you'll ever see. Uh, some of the most hilarious two player beat em up action ever seen a 16 bit graphic and game playing work of art. The most common criticisms of the hyperstone highest focus on its difficulty, length and repetitiveness. Uh, Megatech Magazine gave an overall 87% praising the graphics and sound, but commenting that the gameplay 
gameplay wasn't hard enough and experienced players will be able to beat the game easily. Electronic Gaming Monthly gave it a 31 out of 40. Game Fan, a 190 out of 200. Mega Action, 78%. Mega Tech, 87. And Power Unlimited is 90. So I do like this game. Um, It was kind of tough for me to fairly compare it because it's so similar to Turtles in Time. But I like the storyline. I like that the boss fights were different. Mm-hmm. Sure, the animations, the graphics, and the controls are relatively the same. But at the same time, if something works, why go through all the effort to change it? Yeah. So I, it's not as good of a game as Turtles in Time. But if you are a Turtles fan and you like the old NES games, if you like Turtles in Time you'll have fun playing Hyperstone Heist. So I'll give Hyperstone Heist a seven and a half. Yeah. Actually, no, I'll, I'll give it an eight. Okay. I'll give it an eight out of 10. Uh, it's, it is a good game in its own right. Minus the comparisons to Turtles in Time. So and it's really cool that they, they did the Cowabunga collection like this. You could get all those old games in one spot. I think they need to do that with more franchises. Especially Agreed. old Super Nintendo, Nintendo, Sega Genesis games. Put them all in one collection. You know, no, like Mega Man collections and, and all that kind of stuff. It would be, it's just, we're ready for it. We want this stuff. Like, this is just great. I'll sum it up as to what I said in the notes. Uh, overall, <laughs> not as good as Tit, with a smiley face with the tongue sticking out. Still an enjoyable game. You almost made me do a spit take when I when I saw that, because I was drinking my coffee, and I saw that, and I almost spit coffee everywhere. <laughs> Every now and then, I'll leave funny notes in the in the Google Doc. But yeah, I, it, I listened to, uh, or I thought back to when we had Wally and Joey on the show and I mentioned turtles in time and Joey called it tit. <laughs> so that's a Joeyism. A Joeyism, yes. Um and I was reading down here too, it says Screw Attack named the Hyperstone Heist the nineteenth best Genesis game ever on their top twenty list. So that's not bad. Mm-mm. Not bad at all. But yeah, I can't wait to get the uh the Calabunga collection. I'm so looking forward to it. I mean You'll I still, love it. I still play the original NES game more than I probably should because I'm addicted to that game, but just to be able to have all these games in one place, like I just, I love it. And you'll get to play the NES game on the switch and maybe I'll be able to beat it. <laughs> maybe. Does it have any sort of like, um, rewind features or, I mean, I know it's got save features, but I don't know if it has a rewind feature. I haven't dabbled too much into, into that specifically, but yeah, it does have, you know, loading and saving, which is, which was very helpful for this game specifically. That was the only way I was able to beat the original Mega Man was to play it on the Mega Man collection uh, on the uh, the Switch and have that rewind feature. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, I mean, they need to take all these old properties like they did, like the Mega Man collection, the Cowabunga collection. They should do like they've been doing it with Castlevania. Uh, collections and stuff like that. Like, ah, man, maybe this is what we we need to do moving forward. Like, give me a bad dudes collection, <laughs> like a double dragon collection. I would pay good money for that stuff. That would be cool. I, I agree. More franchises should do that. 
give me a whole Ninja Gaiden collection. Like, please. Mm-hmm. Even add the old arcade game onto it, because there's nowhere to play the old arcade game, because it was originally uh, a beat-em-up. It was mm-hmm. not like it was for the Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, Rampage says there is a Double Dragon trilogy. Oh, I didn't know that. I'm out of the loop. Uh, let's see. He says Tournament Fighters for Super Nintendo was still the bigger game, or better game. Yeah, he said Raf has a Psycho Crusher attack like Bison from Street Fighter, and he can do it in the that's air. That's cool. Plus a projectile attack. Awesome. That's that's yeah. his attack in uh, the the um, Manhattan Project too. He does that like spin attack mm-hmm. as his super move or whatever. Yeah, I need to play those tournament fighters games. Yeah, we'll have to do that and review those. Like that. Yeah, we should. Because I've never, never really played them. Uh, but that's going to bring us to the end of the review, I think. Is that uh, anything yep. else you got to, got to say about it? Nope. Those are my thoughts on the Hyperstone Heist. Awesome. Next week, I'm not sure. Um, I, I got a busy week ahead of me, so I may just do Die Hard for the NES. I may stream it if I find an extra couple of hours. Uh, before next week. I think I'm going to save Terminator Dawn of Fate until I can really dive into it uh, for the PlayStation 2. I just got that. Um, Actually, my brother got me uh, Metal Gear Solid 2, I think, for the PlayStation 2 for Christmas. I'm going to play that, too, and probably review it here in the next couple of months. So I got a lot of stuff to play and review. I just need to find the time to play it. But uh, I think next week will be Die Hard because I'm kind of looking forward to playing that on the NES. I'm excited to hear what you say about it. But uh, but that's going to bring us to the end of the show this week. And before, uh, before anything, I do want to say, uh, please go give at Dead Game Pod uh, a follow and uh, go subscribe to them on, on all your podcatchers now. Uh, that is the official fact checker, Mr. Wally Phelps, and I am the Rampage. Uh, their new podcast called Dead Game Podcast, and I, I listened to the first three episodes today, and uh, it's a very good, very good show, especially uh, if you like listening to Wally uh, talk about what he would do <laughs> if if he were given the keys to uh, fix these games while Rampage laughs at him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's a very good show. Everyone should check it out. Yeah, it's at Dead Game Pod on Twitter. And uh, you can go follow Dead Game Pod uh, on YouTube and uh, wherever you find podcasts are giving away for free. And, uh, oh, you're welcome, Rampage. It's a great show. <laughs> I think people should go yeah. listen to it. It's good stuff. But uh, tell us what, uh, what's going on with the Derek Diamond experience. Yeah, so uh, the newest episode is out now. Uh, so you can go check that out. Uh, it, this episode is the first of a three-part series that's a behind-the-scenes look of my latest short film, The Feature. It uh, features guest host, uh, our mutual friend, Jeremy Branch. Uh, he interviews myself, Chad Sanders, and Steve Wise about the making of the film. Uh, you'll hear interviews from the cast over the next couple of weeks. And uh, yeah, those episodes will be on YouTube as well. You just search for the Derek Diamond Experience uh, on YouTube. And then you can follow the show on social media at D Diamond Podcast. And uh, go check out the Open Micers podcast at Open Micers on Twitter and Instagram. Next Monday will be the trifecta for Mr. Derek Diamond. He gets the yes, uh, sir. The, the hat trick, the triple crown. It'll be his third time on the show and uh, to talk about the future. And we will be back to a normal 
schedule starting next week because uh, Jacob has got a new job now. So we'll be back on Monday nights at 7.30 p.m. Central for the live show. So if you like to watch that, we'll be back to a normal schedule uh, starting next week. And uh, I think that's about it. Is there anything else we need to say before we walk out the door? No, I think we're good. If you would like to email us, email us at nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. If you want to go follow us everywhere, find everything, just go to nerdcaveretro.com. That takes you straight to our link tree, which takes you to our Twitter, our Instagram, our Facebook, uh, the Patreon, and of course, ncrmerch.com, where we have t-shirts, mugs, bags, uh, we got stickers, magnets, coffee mugs, whatever you need, ncrmerch.com. Of course, our Patreon is patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro, where as little as a dollar a month helps out the show, and we can uh it keeps the lights on here at the show and if you can't do that i understand times are tough please leave us a review wherever fine podcasts fine where fine podcasts are given away for free so derek please tell them what it's all about cowabunga yeah Forgiveness is divine, but never pay full price for late pizza. Ah, a fellow checker, eh?